Hello, everyone. This is Sherry Purdy, and this is Your Best Life, powered by Mercy One. Thanks for joining us. And I'm Miriam Lake. I am a almost 56-year-old woman who wants to get some answers here. Today, we are super excited to have with us an expert, Brindy Nichols, a physical therapist for Mercy One, who is going to tell us all we need to know about women's health. Brindy? Hi. Hi. <laughs> So I'm Brindy. Um, I've been a physical therapist for a little over six years and been here at Mercy One for three and a half. Uh, I have always been interested in women's health, but got a lot more interest after having a baby almost two years ago and decided to do some training and did that through the Herman Wallace Pelvic Rehab Institute. Uh, they have a lot of different course offerings, but uh, the pelvic floor series is four different classes. I just finished level one in August. Awesome. Well, welcome, Brindy. Glad to have you. Thank you. Glad to be here. Today, we're pretty excited about this topic. I know um, a lot of women in, in the world have these issues, and we're talking about women's health this week. So uh, excited to have Brindy Nichols here, a physical therapist with us to talk to us about some of the things that we don't want to talk about as women, an elephant in the room kind of thing. Um, so we're just going to dive right in and start talking about what women want to know with women's health. So Brindy, my first question to you is, am I normal if I have issues with incontinence? Um, I would say no. <laughs> I don't know why society has these thoughts that, um, after having babies, you know, it's normal to pee yourself <laughs> or after you get old, this normal. It's not normal. Well, I mean, I, I read somewhere where one out of three women have that issue of incontinence. And um, and I don't know why we don't feel like we can talk to our primary physicians that much about it. I mean, I do feel like it's an elephant in the room. It's certainly being talked more about these days. But I feel like, you know, every time I go to laugh and I laugh hard, I have to cross my legs <laughs> in hopes that I don't tinkle myself. So, I mean, I, I feel like I'm strong internally and externally, but I mean, how do you, how do I go about knowing, okay, when is it not normal to potty yourself, you know? And why do I have to go to the bathroom before I go do jumping jacks and, or go running or walking outside? So, I mean, can you tell us a little bit about what incontinence is and when you could see a physician or a primary physician to get help for that? Sure. So incontinence is basically the inability to hold urine. Um, there's different types. There's stress type, which is the type you're talking about, where you kind of leak when you laugh or uh, run or cough. Um, basically, anytime you increase your abdominal pressure, you're getting some leakage. Um, there's also a urgency type. Basically, you have to go so bad that you can't hold it. And then there's a mixed type. So they're they can happen together. Just because you're strong, um, you can still be incontinent. And some people can be really weak and still be continent. So they're not necessarily linked all the time. And so that's why it's important to get an assessment. Um, and I know it's always scary to have that internal exam, but that's really what tells us kind of what's going on because those two aren't necessarily always linked. Yeah. So. I mean, I know um, men have this issue too, correct? Yes, but and not as often, not just as often. because of their anatomy. So, And what is the, like, is there a certain thing that, for women in particular, that 
we that's why we have more incontinence than men or is there something that happens i mean is it childbirth that happens or because i know some women who are who who have never had children and they have it so what happens with us as we age that we just do we not know how to use those internal muscles or what is that it's more about um, anatomy, I would say, again. Kind of the length of our urethra is very short compared to men. And so we don't have a lot of control there with, with the muscles. So I would say it's more about anatomy than anything else. Can if you go to your physician and just have your yearly exam, can she tell by that if you might have issues? Or would um, she only do it by asking? Not necessarily. So... A lot of people think um, when they hear pelvic exam that it's the speculum and the scraping, and that is really important for them to look at like tissue health and everything. Um, But I'm looking at more muscle health. So we don't use the speculum. We don't use any other tools. I use my finger. Oh, thank goodness. Yeah, it's my finger that's doing all the assessment. Um, And basically, we can strength test by looking at how much pressure you can apply to my finger. So it's a lot different than like a gynecological visit, but... Okay, and, well, that's good to know. Yes. If I if I if I knew that I had incontinence, I would talk to my my physician. Would she automatically refer me to a physical therapist, or how? What happens? Do they do they also give medication for this type of thing, or, yes, or what there, else? There are medications out there that help with incontinence. Um, so there's that. Um, but now that I think this is getting more kind of known and common, there is more referrals to physical therapy and other types of treatments so so if you are going through childbearing years I know that really plays a big part on incontinence and but when you go into menopause does it get worse if you don't get things fixed or is it does it stay the same Um, it kind of depends on the person I would say and um, kind of what's going on in their body okay what about back issues Um, I was having some issues with my back and when that was happening, what you were talking about was happening, (laughs) (laughs) then it resolved itself. So, yes. So if we think about all of the nerves, all of our nerves kind of start in our back. Um, One of the main nerves that kind of controls a lot of things in our pelvic floor is called the pudendal nerve. And so um, everything's kind of linked and starts, all the nerves start back there. So that would make sense. So I'm a woman. I'm coming in to see you. What can I expect? First first session, what should I expect coming to see a physical therapist for this stuff? Sure. So the first thing we do is a lot of uh, history. So we're going to talk about all kind of not just pelvic history, but medical history in general. Kind of get an idea of what's going on there. Um, we'll also talk about why you're coming in and kind of your main concerns. Um, and then usually assessment, we start with kind of the typical orthopedic assessment, posture, motion, strength of hips and back. Um, And then we look more at the scary part, the internal part, Um, which I said, like I said, is just like one finger is inserted. Um, There's three layers of muscles in the pelvic floor and we can kind of palpate all of those based on where my finger is at. And then strength test, which has to be done at that third layer. So, and then we can use all of that and decide kind of what the problem is and decide on some treatment. You know, it kind of sounds scary. I mean, before, before you told us how to, you would do, you see this much scarier image, but after you've talked about that, it's like, I could do this. This is easy. You know, if you go to a a yearly physical, this is nothing what you're doing with me. And if it's going to help me with that, then by all means, how many treatments does it usually take for a woman to 
have that problem go away or at least get better. Sure. That's the harder part. Um, in class, I kind of mentioned about three months is pretty typical for getting full effect. Um, especially with incontinence, you start really slow, especially if it's like an urge problem and you're going like every 15 minutes. I'm not going to all of a sudden make you wait a whole hour. So it might be now wait 15 more minutes by doing the suppression techniques. Um, and then we gradually increase from there. So it does take some time to kind of build up. Is it more than once a week? Yes, usually. Okay. A few times a week. Well, that doesn't surprise me because, I mean, to, to gain muscle mass just in your body in general, it takes, you know, six to eight weeks. So, um, and we can eat protein. You really can't do that for that. So you're, <laughs> sure. you got to work it in a whole different way. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> so to me, it's like that totally makes sense that three months is a, is a good, um, I mean, I think that sounds like fairly logical that it would probably take three months to start strengthening that area. So, sure. But at least there's some hope out there for ladies who have it as a constant battle daily Right. that isn't triggered by a say, a fall on the ice or uh, someone jumping around the corner and scaring you. That right. actually happened yesterday at work. <laughs> and it was well-deserved on my end. But <laughs> and you didn't tinkle yourself. <laughs> but if you did, Brindy can help you yeah. with that. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, I just think, um, you know, there's so many health, like for anybody listening right now, you know, there's so many, I, I think for incontinence alone, I read somewhere um, that, it takes women six point six and a half years before of incontinence or types of issues like that to go seek help help because they feel like one they're embarrassed or two that you know it will go away or three that it's just me and um, that's just you know anymore there's so many things you can do to help strengthening your back and strengthening those pelvic floor muscles and and reaching out for help because it's not anything to be embarrassed about it's just the body aging are not strong enough to support what you need it to do sure you know so Mm -hmm. I know um, with women's health there's a lot of other things that we could talk about besides incontinence and that is a lot of exciting information but what other things do you what other things will do you or will you see in your types of therapy that you can help women with besides incontinence? Sure. So another main one is pelvic pain, which is a broad term. Um, It can include like painful periods, um, endometriosis, um, kind of painful bladder syndrome, anything like that. Um, Also, if women have um, organ prolapse, basically their um, bladder or rectum is kind of falling in towards their uterus. Um, How would they know that? So that would have to be from the internal exam. Okay. Um, There might be some symptoms as far as like going to the bathroom. Like the main thing um, with like a bladder prolapse is they'll feel like they are dribbling even after they have just gone um, because the bladder is starting to kind of fall in. Um, Some symptoms too with rectal prolapse is just having trouble having a bowel movement. Um, But the only way to know for sure is that internal exam. Mm Mm-hmm. So. so isn't there like a surgery that they do for the bladder? There is. Um, there are different stages of prolapse, one through four. Um, so obviously the higher stages are going to need surgery because there's not much else we can do. Um, but those lower stages, they try to do more conservative things first, like strengthening to see if that will help hold things in the right place. Okay. So interesting that you said uh, pelvic pain and having endometriosis. What do you do as a therapist to help with that then? Sure. So a lot of times um, people have 
an overactive pelvic floor. So I know a lot of the times people think like Kegels, that's the answer. Um, that's what you hear all the time, Kegels. But a lot of us are actually hyperactive in our pelvic floor. And so, and when you're having pain, that makes it worse. Hyperactive means what for those I mean, who are listening? Sure. That their muscles are always on and active, basically. So and they Kegel. can't relax. So what is Kegel for those of you who don't yes. know what it is? It's not a <laughs> potato chip. <laughs> <laughs> so Kegel is basically like a contraction of their pelvic floor. So pulling in, um, they kind of say like, if you were to stop your flow of urine, that kind of contraction. So... Um, so with hyperactive pelvic floors and with pain making it worse, we try to downtrain that. Um, so we have a biofeedback unit that we can put on those muscles and see, nor we know what normal resting tone should be. And if they're hyperactive, it's way above that. And then we can teach them relaxation techniques, breathing techniques, lots of things to try to bring that tone down. So they're not always constantly on and having pain basically. Yeah, and I would think that if you had an overactive pelvic floor, you'd have a lot of pain with anything you did. Sure. Correct? Mm -hmm. I mean, anything you did. Right. So, um, and to retrain that kind of stuff, you mentioned the biofeedback. Mm -hmm. What is that? So it is a unit that uh, measures muscle activity. Um, so we put it on the surface, and whenever a muscle contracts, it kind of picks up that electrical activity and kind of give us an idea of how strong um, a contraction is, but it does not relate to strength. So that's the hard part. And the biofeedback unit will tell us like resting tone and where they're at, but it cannot tell us how strong they are. Um, so that has no correlation. Um, but it picks up muscle activity and can tell us kind of where, what their muscles are doing basically at that time. So just so I'm clear, that's internal, not external. That is external. Oh, that is external. That is external. Okay. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just wanted to make sure because I know <laughs> listeners are thinking the same thing. Yes. <laughs> that is external. Okay. There are some internal electrodes, but the external ones are kind of what I was trained on. Okay. So. Okay. So I know um, what when you get trained for this, how, how do you get trained for this kind of stuff? I mean... Do you have to say, well, I have all, I have some of these symptoms and, you know, I understand women's health or can anybody be trained in this? And I mean, I'd feel like I'd want to go to someone that kind of relates to me or understands, you know, women's health and what they're going through. So I'm imagining that it's really important to have that honest conversation and connect with your patients probably on this. Sure. Yeah. And there are, at our class too, there are more providers than just physical therapists, some occupational therapists are doing the same thing. Mm -hmm. um, some, obviously, OBGYNs are, are learning more about this, too. So, Is it a new type of therapy, or has it been around a while? It's been around a while, yeah. And, I mean, you don't hear very much about it. Like I said, you know, it's the elephant in the room. And um, I think back in the day, long time ago, I remember back in my mother's day, even like, you know, women having surgeries up over this kind of stuff because it went too long. And then there's a point where, like you said, uh, the prolapse that happens mm -hmm. and you have to have surgery. But, you know, if you're proactive to this kind of stuff and go see a therapist, hopefully you wouldn't have to have surgery. Sure. So that's, yes. a, that's a great thing. Mm -hmm. Well, I think it's a little more common now because they have designer depends commercials right now on TV. <laughs> exactly. And my husband's like, really? <laughs> what? I totally, so. yeah. I mean, I think that's awesome. They have those awesome depends that are pretty. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that tells you that the society is moving forward exactly. on these type of things. And 
you know, honestly, sitting around here, it's like, um, it's even funny when we have males around the room and we can talk openly about this stuff because back in the day, our mothers could never do that, you know, and that's probably why they had to deal with this type of pain and these issues. And I'm just so thankful that we can talk about it openly because, I mean... How, who doesn't want to talk about incontinence <laughs> and pelvic pain? Well, how come Colby's not here? We need Colby. I know. Colby. He said I'm out on this yeah. one. <laughs> so I, when you were saying that there's a lot of different areas that you touch on, are you talking about intercourse? Yes. So people that have problems with that, as far as being painful, they can come in and talk to you and find some help for that? Yes. So there are some medical diagnoses for pain with penetration but there's also like an inability to have penetration so both of those basically point more towards that hyperactive pelvic floor so their muscles are so tight and just will not relax to allow for penetration Um, sometimes then with it causing pain it just makes things worse Um, so a lot of techniques can kind of again do that down training of the pelvic floor to see if just decreasing the tone will help with the pain during penetration, but yeah. And I do think that is an elephant in the room. No woman really wants to talk sometimes to their own physicians about that kind of stuff. So it's a hard thing to bring up because, you know, in society, it's, it's such a, you know, what you see in marketing and everything is so, um, how should I say perfect. Yeah. (laughs) And so, uh, I, I think that for women in particular, young women, you know, I'm a little in the middle, (laughs) but, um, for young women who have that pelvic pain and they feel like, why, why am I having that? And they don't feel like they can talk to someone. It could be just like you said, something that is easily fixed and it's the way their body was structured and things they can do to help with that. So if any young woman is listening to this, you know, um, don't be afraid to ask questions about it. If you're feeling pain when you're having intercourse, because that's not normal. Right. 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 I'm so glad you brought that up, Miriam, because, you know, I think if we're really going to talk real and, you know, talk to the women listening out there and the men too, hopefully, you know, um, just be open about it because that's how we get better and healthier and want more well. You know, if we can support each other in those questions and, you know, be real with each other, you yeah. know. It's part of life. It that's is right. part of life. It is part of life. Uh, I just have one more question. So if I'm a, a mom or dad listening and my child is, is pottying the bed at night, is this something that can help them? So they can learn to control, like learn to better understand how their bladder works or the muscles of their bladder to help at night, like stay stronger so they don't potty the bed. Or is that something different than this? Um, it would be uh, similar, some pelvic floor training, but usually those therapists get some specialized training in pediatrics first before they do see those patients. So there is so. help for those, those kiddos out there too. Yes. Then. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I think that's it. You've done, you've done great telling us everything we need to know about women's health and that pelvic floor. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. Thanks for opening up the conversation, Brindy. Of course. Yes, that's awesome. I just want to say, girls, it is not normal to potty your pants when you laugh. It is not normal to have pelvic pain. Come and get some help. You know there's people out there that can help you with that. No matter where you are, there are experts around to help you. Thank you so much for listening. And uh, please email us in that podcast at mercyhealth.com because we'd love to hear from you. What do you want to hear? We'll bring those experts in uh, to help you live your best life.